So without further ado, it is my honor and privilege to introduce to you a man that I have known for over two decades now. And that is quite amazing when I think about that. Um, and to see how God has grown him has been a great blessing to me. And how God has matured him has been great encouragement to me. So could you please make him feel welcome? I'd like to introduce to you my brother, Adam Ismail. Please, come on down. <laughs> Sounds like a game show. <laughs> sorry, 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 Brian. You're going to win a new car. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to ask Adam two questions. Okay. Two questions. All right. My first question is this, bro. How did you come to know the fullness of God in you? He doesn't know. I haven't asked him any questions. I know. But the fullness of God, he thought it was going to be something stupid. Because like, I, yeah, but like the, the, the fullness of the relationship with God in your oh, own wow. life. I know it's full on. Oh, my goodness. If you're going to preach on it, then you can leave it to that. Yeah, pretty much. You're going to preach on that? Okay. A little then little second bit, question. Oh, okay. Sorry. A little bit. Yeah. But, uh, the, the, the short, the revised version um, is that... Um, uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I, for many years in my early Christian walk, knew him as the way and the truth. I knew that he was the truth about man. I knew that he was the truth about God. I knew that he was the way. He was the way to heaven. He was uh, the way to back to the Father one day. But for many years, I didn't know him as my life. And uh, that left my Christian walk somewhat frustrating uh, in my early years and I didn't quite understand, well, God, I know I've got these things when I leave this mortal coil, but what part do you play here and now? What, what, uh, do you have anything that you want to do in my life now or is it just my best for Jesus, my best to be the best Christian I can be? And it wasn't until I understand that he actually died for me to give himself to me to live his life through me. Oh, that's good. That made the difference. Bro. Yeah, so that's, that's the revised, revised version. Bro, that's um, awesome. For the next 45 minutes, you're going to hear the extended version. In yeah, a minute, praise but. God. Praise <laughs> God. Okay, uh, the second question then, the second question um, is just for your, your, yourself then. What, what's something then, I don't even know if you've already shared it, uh, besides your family, are you passionate then about? What is it that you want to see? Uh, basketball? No, is that? Yeah, no? yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. He's a, he's a good basketballer. He's a very good basketballer. Yeah. Um, uh, look, um, I would say, and I don't, I don't say this just to get brownie points, but my family. Um, I want to lead my family well. I want to be the best husband, be the best father I can be. But then once again, that in context of what I just shared in a minute ago, it is only that Jesus is the best father through me and Jesus is the best husband through me. Um, and, uh, and I get to play the part of being available to him to do that. But, yeah, my family, I, am, I love sport. I, I do love sport, but I, I would put my family just probably a little bit high. <laughs> <laughs> well, th thank you for yeah. your honesty, yeah. brother. So with that, I'm going to stop talking. No. I'm going to hand it over to you. I'll give you this no, mic as well. You. And uh, make him feel welcome again. Give him a round of applause. So I need both mics? Yeah, or? you're going to get that Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, I, I, like Joe said, we probably we know each other for about 25 years or thereabouts. Uh, Joe used to work out at Word of Life out at the camp out there and uh, run the youth camps. And um, uh, my, my friend and I were attending this one camp, I think we said back in about 97, and uh, Joe was going to be working there. And before, before going to this camp, um, I heard the name Joe Helg. That's all I heard. And I thought, Helg, that sounds a little bit German. Like last name Helg Joe, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm picturing in my mind this this German 
camp leader going to be there? You know, Caucasian, probably blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'm actually half German. My mother's side of the, uh, the family is German. I was born in Berlin, actually. Came out to Australia when I was about three. So I'm excited to meet this German, <laughs> this German youth leader at this Christian camp. And I rock up and they're meeting people and, and, and then... Uh, someone, uh, we were in a meeting and someone announced, oh, Joe Helg's going to come up and share. I was like, okay, great. And then I saw this <laughs> Kiwi, <laughs> this Kiwi <laughs> Maori guy come up. And I'm like, hang on, that doesn't kind of fit really too well. But um, anyway, uh, from then we've, we've enjoyed fellowship and, and ministry opportunity. We've, we enjoyed uh, ministry through a, a ministry uh, which was sort of a, a side shoot off Word of Life, which was called Slam, uh, Sports Lights and Message. Um, Joe, you were involved more with um, the touch footy side of it. I was involved with basketball. And these sporting teams would go into prisons and play basketball against the inmates in the prison, and then we'd get to share the gospel afterwards with them. And that was a really precious ministry to be part of as well. Um, but yeah, um, that's yeah a bit about uh, how I got to know Joe and, and um, yeah been been friends for a quite a long time and it's been precious. So thank you for inviting us here this morning. Thank you to you guys for inviting us and entrusting uh, that we're going to share truth. We're going to share Jesus and, and we're going to be the church and, and edify one another as the Holy Spirit moves and, and does His work this morning. But um, just wanted to share a bit about uh, Cape and Ray or CTA, Cape and Ray Torchbearers Australia. That may be a name that's quite new to a lot of you, uh, but it's a ministry now which first started in the Lakes District in England uh, when God placed upon um, the, a major, a major in the British Army named Major Ian Thomas. Um, after the war, he was still stationed in Germany and he saw all these young people walking around after the war not knowing what to do with their life anymore. Nazi youths, young people who've, who've, been, who've gone through this war and just don't know what to do next with their life. And God really oppressed upon this man to work in their life, to work through him to them. Uh, long story short, they were able to buy a property up in the north of England, in the Lakes District. And the little town that it was purchased in, um, this property, which had a castle on it basically, uh, is called Cape and Ray. So that's where that part of the name comes from. Uh, Torchbearers came from then Major Ian Thomas going back to Germany, travelling around and speaking to these young people at different events, these young Germans. And the Germans then gave the ministry the nickname Fackelträgers, which means the bearers of the torch or the bearers of the light. So then it kind of done a flip. Major and Thomas thought that's a really good name for a ministry. So it's now called Torchbearers. So the umbrella ministry is called Torchbearers. And then we have 25 centres all over the world. But like I shared just a minute ago, um, it's a special place for me in particular in terms of here in Australia because it was the place where God really introduced me to the Christian life. And what I mean by that is that I came, f I, I, I translated from a place of knowing the Christian life as doing my best for Jesus, uh, being man-sized for God, uh, flexing my muscles to be pleasing to God and do the best I could to serve my Saviour and Lord. 
But this left me frustrated, it left me burnt out, um, and it left me questioning, God, is Christianity or a relationship with you just that I have a home in one heaven one day and now my best for you here and now? Or like I said, do you have a part to play within me here and now? And that's through Torchbearers, through Cape and Ray Australia, where I started to hear this message, like we just sang, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, said this in in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live. The life that I live in my body, in the flesh, I now live by the faith that I put in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not I, it's not you, but it needs to be Christ. It translated my Christian walk with Jesus from a place of do's and don'ts, from a place of my best for Him, from a place of being man-sized for God to realising that God wants to be God-sized through the man. God wants to be Himself through each and every one of us here in a different expression through our personalities, through what He has brought us through in terms of situations and circumstances. He has moulded us and made us into, a, into something beautiful to share Him through us in His strength and His power. And this is what I discovered at Torchbearers and it radically changed the whole thing. It made me realise that the Christian life at its very core at its very essence, is a person. The Christian life is Jesus Christ himself. He is the only one that can live it, and he proved it by coming as man to live the life that he as God created man to live. Did you get that? He came and lived the life here on earth in his flesh that He, as God, created each and every one of us here to live with His very presence in us. So it's not us anymore, but it's Him. And it's to His praise and to His glory that He does that. And uh, thinking about a situation like this, thinking about sort of where else or how else can seemingly strangers... (laughs) because you don't know too much about myself, and I don't know much about you guys. Uh, Joe's about the only person I think I know in the room, apart from the guys that have come up um, with me. But in a sense, like, we, we don't know each other, but we're family. We're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is possible <laughs> by the amazing truth that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and gave His life as a ransom to save us so that then now we can become sons and daughters of the Most High. And in doing so, we are now brothers and sisters in Christ and we're family. Where else on earth can you have something like that? Where else does something like that exist? And we're not only united in a way of barracking for the same team or rallying around the same cause, we're united by God's Spirit. 
that's family and unity in the deepest sense of the word. You can't get deeper than that. Things are done in this world and, and, uh, uh, and causes um, that people are passionate about are accomplished or, um, uh, you know, people do things because of their passion for a cause and things like that. But our passion should come from somewhere deeper. Our passion should come because Christ lives in us and we're united by this Spirit. Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 2 and 3 says this, Having been appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the world and upholds all things by the word of his power. That is Jesus Christ, the Logos, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. I don't know about you, but when I read that and when that hits me, where it should hit us, it blows me away. Because in that same chapter, in John chapter 1 and verse 4, it says this, In Him was life, He's the only one that possessed life, the life that you and I are created to enjoy and possess, and that life was the light of men was the glory of men. So let me just start by saying that what I find so precious is that you and I being strangers are united and we're knitted together by the Holy Spirit. In the strictest sense of the word, we are family. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 and 16 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. That's how we become the family of God, through adoption. And you know the beautiful thing about adoption? Is that there hasn't been a boy or girl that has been adopted that hasn't been wanted. Isn't that a beautiful picture of adoption? There's not a boy or girl in this world throughout the history, that hasn't been adopted because they haven't been wanted. They've all been wanted and Jesus Christ wants you and I. And He wants us to be adopted into His family. It goes on to say, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and listen to this, joint heirs with Christ. Wait a minute, didn't you just say that Christ was heir of all things? Yes, I did. So what does that mean? What can we deduce from that? It means that you and I being co-heirs with Christ, we are heirs of all things that are is of Christ. And that's what I want us to really try and look at today. And consider this morning, now, and then once again from another aspect this afternoon, that we are heirs and we have as heirs, sons and daughters of the Most High, we have an inheritance. And Joe's already spoke a little bit about this at the opening verse there. Stole a bit of my thunder, but that's okay. (laughs) 
That's all right. It blows my mind that it says that we are co-heirs with Christ. As it says there. So I heard a story not too long ago about a man, a Portuguese man, who was the only son of a wealthy uh, Portuguese woman, uh, and she was an aristocrat. She owned many things, houses, cars, yeah, property, real estate, all of it. And he received that inheritance. But that inheritance, in a sense, stopped with him because he never had children, he never had brothers and sisters, and never had any um, uh, direct relation to pass that on to. So he came up with the idea of grabbing the phone book and selecting randomly 70 names out of that phone book. He rung up some lawyers, penned his will, and the recipients of his vast wealthy inheritance were then to, to be given to these 70 strangers when he, was when he was going to pass away. So it was around 20 years later that this happened. He passed away. The lawyers came, started to put in place what he had, what he had requested, what his will requested, and they started getting on the phone and writing letters to these 70 people, telling them about this inheritance that was theirs, that was undeserving, <laughs> that they didn't work for, and they didn't earn. The vast majority thought it was a scam. The vast majority just hung up and didn't want anything to do with it, except for two. Two followed through with it and, and realized that it was true and entered into and possessed that inheritance which they didn't earn, they didn't work for, and they certainly didn't deserve. And looking at my own life, especially in my earlier walk with Jesus, when I read passages like this, I thought they were a scam <laughs> to some degree. I didn't believe them. I certainly didn't experience them. I certainly didn't know what they actually meant. And I think that may be the case for a lot of His church, Jesus Christ Church worldwide is we don't know what our inheritance in Him is. And even if we know it, we may think that it's a scam or that it's not true or it couldn't possibly be true. Let's read together what the Apostle Paul had to remind the church in Ephesus back in around 60 AD. The city of Ephesus was a one of the biggest cities, if not arguably the biggest city in, that no, in, the, in the known world that, at that time. It was on the coast of now known Turkey. It was a trading city. It was a wealthy city. And there was a church there. And I believe the Apostle Paul uses this language to try to relate to the people there. They knew what wealth was. They knew what having material wealth was. And here, what we're going to read in Ephesians, I believe, he was speaking into and trying to relate to the inheritance that they have in Christ. So yeah, this letter was written in about 60 AD, but 
It is for us here in 2022 AD regarding our inheritance as well. So Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 3 to 13, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to be to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. And verse 11, in Him also we have not will one day, but have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. Keep that in mind. In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed, how? With the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, once again, to the praise of His glory. I want us to really get somewhat of a grasp of our inheritance in Christ, in Him, and what it is. I think we can look at it in two different ways. We can look at it in a specific way, like we just read. We can look at it in terms of we are blessed by Him who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That is part of our inheritance. We can look at it as that we are adopted into the family of God, as it says in verse 4, and that He chose us. We can look at it in terms of that we have redemption. We are now in a right standing with God through the blood. And we have forgiveness of sins. That's part of our inheritance, according to the riches of His grace. So that's so gloriously true. So we can certainly look at it in that way, in a specific way. And we can look at it in a different way, which is also gloriously true, in an all-encapsulating way. Like I said, in a specific way, we can, we can list those things that I've just listed. And Second Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4 says actually something similar. It says in Second Peter, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. 
we have been given in our inheritance in Christ all things to, to enable us to live a godly life. Enable you and I to live a godly life. Why? Because of His divine power. And in verse 4 it says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. There's another specific thing of our inheritance, that we have been given great and exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, get this, we may be partakers of the divine nature. Can we sit here or stand here this morning and say that in our everyday, in our walk from Monday to Saturday, can we say honestly that we are being partakers of the divine nature? Can we honestly say that we, through His exceedingly great and precious promises towards us, we have entered into the beautiful truth that through His life living through us, we are partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the, the corruption that is in the world through lust. And I know you guys have been um, uh, going through First Peter a little bit, um, and I've really enjoyed the messages that you've shared on that. And actually listened to last week, it was Jono was preaching last week? Was Jono? Yeah, really appreciated Jono's message on, um, yeah, uh, on the love chapter there last week. But First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 and 4 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy, that's another part of our inheritance. So we have grace, we have mercy, we have forgiveness, we have redemption, we have precious promises, we are partakers of the divine nature, we have, um, uh, uh, as it said there in Second Peter, the divine power that works through us for everything for life and godliness. And here it says that according to His abundant mercy, He has begotten us again to a living hope, as we just sung as well, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled. Remember what it said in Second Peter, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust? This world has been corrupted and it's defiled and its inheritance that we seek within this world will only lead to corruption and defile. But here Peter is re reminding us that to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved for you and I in heaven. That's so beautifully, because verse 6 starts with this, in this greatly rejoice, in this greatly rejoice. So we see that our inheritance in Christ includes every spiritual blessing here and now, everything pertaining to life and godliness here and now, being partakers of the divine nature here and now, and then one day when He returns or we leave this mortal coil, in the fullness of His presence. We will enter into that inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled and does not fade away. If I was in an African-American church, I would say, can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that should stir within us something. Brothers and sisters, family of God, that should stir within us to be partakers of this divine nature, to be partakers of His presence within us. When we read that chapter, I was wondering if you could recognise two words that's often used in that passage in, first, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1. Because the key to all of this is, it says, in Him, in Him, in Christ, in Jesus, by Him. And because He is in us, all that He is, is in us. We are co-heirs with Christ who has been given all things. And I believe that may be the healthier way of looking at it. As amazing as it is to look at these specific things, perhaps looking at it from the all-encompassing way or all-encapsulating way is more helpful. It certainly was for me. Because when I looked at all these specific things... All I could see was what I could get out of Jesus. All I could see is what was mine. And it's true. It's wonderfully true. And it's an inheritance that's undeserving and it's unearned. But if it's all about us, it falls far short of the, the ultimate purpose of it. We need to look at it maybe more helpfully from this all-encapsulating way that our inheritance in Him is actually Him. Our inheritance in Christ is actually Him. And all these specifics fall under that. All these specifics fall under the fact that our inheritance is Christ Himself. Because when we recognize and live in that truth, it embodies everything else. Psalms Psalms 16 and verse 5 says this, and it's beautiful. It says, O Lord... You, and this is more than likely King David writing this, but it says, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance. The Lord himself is the portion of our inheritance. You are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. And although we are, like I said, the beneficiaries in a lot of ways of these inheritances and of our inheritance in Him, and we are the beneficiary of Him Himself, I, would, I believe we need to recognise that it yields for a far greater purpose. Our inheritance that we have received, whether we look at it in a specific way or we look at it in the all-encapsulating way, is there for a purpose. It yields a purpose, a great purpose, perhaps the greatest purpose, not perhaps, the greatest purpose for why we were created. And would anyone like to hazard a guess what that great purpose was? Would anyone like to, looking in our passage in Ephesians there, chapter 1, Three times it mentions it. The first time we see it in verse 5 and 6, it says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise 
of the glory of His grace. And verse 11 and 12 says, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ... So when we've trusted in Christ, we've received our inheritance, for we are partakers of that here and now. It says this, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. And then thirdly, once again, it says in verse 14 and, 13 and 14, in Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, You've entered into a relationship with Christ. He has become your Lord and Saviour. You've received Him as your very life and you've received Him as your inheritance and all that is in Him. The gospel of your salvation, it goes on to say, in Him you also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Why? to the praise of His glory. Did you get it? (laughs) What's our purpose? It's to be to to the praise of His glory. You and I were created for something far, a purpose far bigger than just our jobs, our title. Whatever we're involved with in our community. We were created to be to the praise of His glory. And you and I receiving our inheritance in Christ is the only way that we are going to be a valid representation, a valid undistorted image to be to the praise of His glory. Because if it's us, trying to produce the image, if it's us trying to produce the glory, it's a shabby imitation, it's a caricature. It's one of those pictures that you see at the Easter show where you kind of recognise yourself, but it's not quite you. And that's what we're all too often maybe doing with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we may be doing that because we haven't recognised that we have an inheritance in Him. We haven't fully entered in to the fact that all of Christ is in all of us. And through us, as we allow Him to, He will be to the the praise of His glory. We will be to the praise of His glory because it will be Him displaying His own image, reproducing Himself, as we heard in that video, through us. And not our, not making God in our image, which we're very good at doing, but God being the source of His own image, the dynamic of His own demands, and the cause of His own effect. The world and the ruler of this world will try to tell you and I differently, and will tempt us to seek and find meaning and the purpose in this world and the things of this world. But the truth is that when we, that the truth is that we were made for such a far greater purpose. God is telling us and reminding us this morning 
that we were made to be to the praise of his glory. Can we let him do that through us? Can we let him be the one that is doing that? We don't need to leave this place this morning and think to ourselves, okay, I'm going back to my school, my workplace, wherever it may be, and I'm going to be the best Christian I can be. The truth is that he wants to be himself through us. And we're going to look a bit, that, bit more about what that means in our next session as well. Going back to the origin of that purpose that God created us to be and live in. And like I said, I believe the Apostle Paul is writing this to a church in Ephesus who knew what it was to understand material wealth and material inheritance. And he's trying to tell them that the inheritance that we have in Christ, because it's Christ himself, is far greater. It's not corruptible. It's not defiled. It's not of this world, but it's heavenly. We will see his kingdom come. We will see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we come into a a relationship with Jesus that is so deep, not just surface, but it is deep and we recognise that our purpose for existing is to be to the praise of his glory. The purpose for our inheritance is to be to the praise of his glory because Jesus is our inheritance and he will work through us. In the Old Testament, and I'll just finish with this, in the Old Testament... The children of Israel's inheritance was the promised land, not New Zealand, (laughs) but but Canaan. (laughs) And Moses brought the children out. Well, God used Moses to bring the children out. But God brought them out of Egypt to bring them in. It was an 11-day journey that was meant to be from Horeb to Canish Barnea. 11 days And they wandered for 40 years and didn't enter in to their inheritance. Two did, Joshua and Caleb. Moses and that generation never entered into the inheritance, the promised land, which as you probably know because you love your Bible and you know the Word of God, is a picture of the victorious Christian life. Canaan isn't heaven because there's no enemies or giants in heaven. (laughs) Sometimes people look at Canaan or the promised land and say, oh, it's heaven. It's not. Canaan and the picture of it to us today is the victorious Christian life. It is our inheritance. It was meant to be theirs. And when they entered in, they saw defeat. They, 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 they didn't see defeat, but they experienced the defeat of their enemy time and time again through their strength. No, no. Continually it says, God gave them into their hands. God gained the victory over them. It was God doing it. The same as you and I in our life now. As we enter in to that victorious Christian life that He can live through us, once again, it will be God gaining the victory. It will be God getting the praise and glory because it's Him doing the work. Stop fighting. Stop trying your best to, be for, to live for Jesus, but allow Him who has given us the victory, who is our victory, 
just like the, it was only two that, in, that, that entered into their undeserving inheritance from that wealthy Portuguese man. It was only two that entered in to Canaan. And maybe the word to us today and this morning is that yes, we have received an inheritance with all those specifics for us. But all encapsulating, we have received Christ as our inheritance. And we received it for the ultimate purpose, to be to the praise of his glory. Just like the children of Israel were to the praise of his glory when they entered into the land, you and I now, as his children, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as a family of God, as, a, as the body of Christ here on earth, and now to be to the praise of his glory as we enter in to that inheritance. Can I pray for us? Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be here this morning, Lord, and to open your word. Thank you that your written word is so designed to continuously point us to Christ, the living word, the Logos, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us, but then didn't stay here to give us in a life an example of a life to try and imitate and follow, but you went to the grave, you died on that cross for us, shed your blood, so that as we see in Romans chapter 5, that now being reconciled and justified through the death of the Lord Jesus, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Thank you that the grave couldn't hold you, that death couldn't hold you, that sin had no power over you, but you rose again victoriously and you ascended so as to send your spirit whom now we can cry out to you and call you Abba Father, Daddy. So Lord, we praise you for this morning and I pray that your word has gone out, that hearts have been touched, Lord, that your spirit is moving in this place in such a way that we are different. For you are the potter, and we are the clay. May we in your hands be moldable and made more into our image? No, more into your image, the image of the precious Lord Jesus Christ. For we were created for the ultimate purpose, to be to, to the praise of your glory. May you do that through us in a way that we cannot. And we thank you for this morning. In your precious and powerful name we pray, amen.